And welcome to another exciting adventure of Big Heck and Weight Adventures. I'm your host, the Fast and the Furious, the Spanish God, Big Heck. And I'm, once again, Mr. Chucky Smooth, a.k.a. El Chocolate, El Chocolate Caliente. I had to get it right. It was a little stutter. But I'm Mr. Wade Elson. What's going on, everybody? How you doing, brother? Doing good, brother. How about you? Yeah, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How was your week? Pretty eventful. Monday was my birthday, so I mean, got to hang with the family and everything else. Got some lavish gifts, but we'll talk about those gifts later. Yes, yes, you will. So, want to handle some business before we get into what we talk yes, about? Yes, definitely. Let's handle some business. So, first things first, ladies and gentlemen, we want to let you know that we do have our very own T Public website where you can go and you can purchase Big Heck and Weight Adventure. I want to say apparel, and then you can purchase other items such as. Uh, coffee mugs, um, mouse pads. There's, I think, even like a drawstring book bag that you're able to get on there. You can even get onesies for the babies because you yes. know Big Heck and Wade love the kids. We do love the kids. You can definitely get all of that. It's available on our website. If you go to Big, it's on tpublic.com forward slash Big Heck Wade, and you'll be able to purchase any type of memorabilia there. You can do anything from custom T-shirts to hoodies. Like he said, like Big um, Brother Wade just said, you can actually get baby onesies. Anything and everything that they have available on that site, you'll be able to purchase. And also, we are part of an amazing, amazing network. We are part of the Fourth Wall Pop Network, where you can get all of your culture news. And by the way, we love to hashtag make it pop. Make it pop. You, If you want to follow us on that feed, you can follow us at Fourth Wall Pop on Twitter at that's F-O-U-R-T-H, Wall, P-O-P, on Instagram, at Fourth Wallcast. And follow the, follow us also on Facebook, Fourth Wallcast. Not only will you get our show on Saturday, but you will also get Sunday with the Fourth Wall gang, Smarky, Bones, and Doc, for your listening pleasure. Mm-hmm. That sounds really good. Sounds lavish, my brother. I, I fully, 100%. Agree with that. And I Super forgot lavish. one more thing. The good brother, Jeff, DFDC, uh-huh. DFDC, brother, we love you. There is an amazing, amazing little issue, which he just dropped on our Twitter called The Vlog. I want you guys to check it out. If you're a figure collector, you totally understand this and you will get the vibes off of it. So please go check it out. Absolutely. And don't forget to go and follow us. We are available on Instagram, Twitter, and we are on Facebook. Our Instagram handle is at Big Hackway Adventures. We are also available on Twitter at Big Heck Wade ADV. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook if you go into the search and you type in Big Heck and Wade Adventures and we will pop up. Yes, indeed. And also, while we are recording, we are sipping on nothing but the lavish Brickhouse Power Coffee, brother. Mm, it tastes so good in the cup. Yes, sir. Yes, we don't sir. want that nasty ass Folgers. Hell no. We don't support that. We don't We do not do Folgers in our cup. We do Brickhouse, baby. Yes, indeed. Get you some of that Brickhouse power. And you can also get some by using our code, BigHackWade10. And you will get a 10% discount on the coffee. Tell them Big Heck and Wade sent you. It's some lavish coffee. Go get you some. Oh, and just, for, just to give you a little bit of advice, if you put some ice in it and you put a little bit of that chocolate syrup in there, give yourself that, you know... Caliente chocolate feel and taste to it. It's also good. 
It's good hot, it's good cold, it's good any way you want it. Actually, you know what you can call that now. I got a new name for that drink. Ooh, the, the Chocolate Caliente Wade? No, 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 no. What you just said it was. What? Hashtag a taste of Wade. Ooh. Ooh there kill we him. go. Kill him, kill him, there kill him, go. kill him. But, guys, one more thing. We have to give a big shout out to Wrestlers Lab, who has an epic, epic show coming up on March 21st at Ridgefield Park. You can still get tickets at wrestlerslaboratory.com slash tickets, and you will see so many amazing wrestlers such as Mr. Grimm, Ziggy Haim, Big Calix, Anthony Gangone, and so many more. So jump on that now and get those tickets. And if you get those tickets, be on the lookout because we will be in attendance with our own table there. So if you guys see us there, please come by, show us some love, say what's up. You want to have a nice conversation, but we are definitely going to be in the building for Wrestlers Lab. Yes, sir. All right. Now that we are done with all of that, let's go into what we talk about and what we love the most. Brother Wade, talk to us about the comic pickups. Ah, man. Okay, so this past week, we had a big release on the Marvel front. That's right. Um, We're going to talk about Marvel. I know you guys feel I talk about DC way, way, way too much, but... I do enjoy some good Marvel every now and then. So I want to mention that hmm. we were at a midnight release. We do enjoy Marvel, yes, we do. but it's only when they put out something worth mentioning. Yes, that is true. Worth mentioning and worth putting out because there's so many sagas going on. Yeah. And it's always earth shattering, every mm-hmm. saga. But this was not a saga. This was not something crazy. Well, actually, it was crazy. It's one of the focal points of a big character getting their own series once again for a midnight release. I'm talking about Wolverine number one. Oh, now, good brother. Yes, sir. Now, where did you acquire such Holy Grails? Uh, I actually acquired the Holy Grail at our local comic book shop, Zap Comics. Shout out to Zap Comics, which is located in Wayne. The good brothers over in Wayne. Love those guys. Love those guys. And actually going into it, I want to talk about the midnight release a little bit, if you don't mind. Absolutely. Um, I went into it usually how I've been doing Marvel releases. When they do these midnight releases, pretty much I'm just going to pick up all of the books because when you go there, it used to be you can only pick up that said book that was for the midnight release. But now all companies are saying, yo, we got to open the playing field a little bit. We're also having big stuff drop too, but we're not the ones who jumped on the midnight release. Right. So we're going to allow all publishers to put out their stuff. And that's cool. So you didn't hit the pop wall first and then go to the comics. Uh, I hit the pop wall today. Mind you, <laughs> this is Friday when we're recording this guys. I hit the pop wall today and, and picked up pops. I must've not been giving that much attention to because I was so focused on the Wolverine covers. Right. Uh, I'll talk about those a little bit in my little pickups later. Thanks for reminding me about that. Heck. Absolutely. I've been trying to get away from the pops for a little while. But I'm, it never happens. It never happens. It's always something that's coming out, especially with the New York New York Toy Con announcements, which we were definitely going to talk about either this week or next week because there's so many toys. I'm losing my mind. But let me get back to the point. Yes. Um, <laughs> Wolverine 1. Wolverine number 1. Now. Going in, I was like, okay, I'm reading X-Men a little bit. I've read House of X. I've read Powers of Ten or Powers of X, however you guys call it. And I wasn't saying, okay, Wolverine has another book. What could you possibly talk about with Wolverine? I'm going into this, and I'm going to say, eh, it's Wolverine. It's going to be cool, like the first couple of issues or whatever. Then I'll just pass it up. Um, I went in and talked to a few people that were in the store, including the good brother, Jose from Nerd Empire, who was there at the time of uh, 
the midnight release. And I was wow. surprised he went. He popped up. Shout out to you, brother. And uh, me and him were talking about it a little bit online. And he said, yo, man, this Wolverine book is going to hit. And I'm like, what are you talking about? It's Wolverine. He's like, brother, have you not been reading X-Men? I said, yeah, I'm reading X-Men a little bit. I'm a little behind. But so many books to read. As you know, my pull list is freaking massive. Absolutely. And, uh, he said. I've seen that pull list. <laughs> <laughs> he said, have you been reading X-Force? I said, I heard who's in the group. He's like, you should read X-Force because I feel this is going to tie into it a little bit. Okay. I've heard a few things and you should definitely go check this book out. So I said, okay, I'll, I'll grab the cover, see what I like, see, you know, flip, flip through it a little bit and come to find out in the first two, three pages of the book, I'm like, what the hell happened? What's going on? I'm not going to go into spoiler alerts with you guys. I do not want to give anything major away. But please, if you get a chance, go check out Wolverine number one. It is very big. But there is more comic book news we have to discuss. Okay. Um, we're going to go into a little bit of... Uh, we're going to visit Gotham City a little bit, if you don't mind. Oh, I love Gotham City. I do, too. And the first big bit of news was released on social media by Tom King. And, brother, as you know, Tom King has a brand new book coming out in a few months or so entitled... Batman and Catwoman. And we already know that the Phantasm, yes, the Phantasm from Batman, Mask of the Phantasm, one of my favorite Batman movies of all time, that low-key does not get all the proper love it should get. We also found out there's a little something coming in that book. Possibly a bun in the oven? Yes. So who's yes. baking bread? Selena and, Selena and Brucey to be having a little one on the way. Oh, so Damien's going to be an older brother. Yes, sir. Mm. Yes, sir. And I want to see, you know what? I'm going to ask you a few questions. And what do you think about it? Or you sure. give me your feedback. All right, now that we know that Batman and Catwoman are expecting a little one, what do you think this is going to bring to the Batman world? Uh, I mean, there's a number of things that it could bring to, you know, to the Bat family in the sense of, you know, Bruce is now going to be, an active father because he didn't get that chance with Damien being that Talia kind of took that from him mm -hmm. and hid it from him. Um, and we all know how Damien was conceived. Um, it's kind of rapey, kind of scary how she did it, but you know, that's Turkey based, Turkey, Turkey based her style. I'm uh, sorry, guys. Uh, I have young nieces and nephews listen to the show. Please don't look Google tur turkey basting or ask your parents what it is. I'm so sorry in advance. <laughs> I'm so yes, sorry. Please don't. Please don't. Um, I don't need random phone calls in the middle of the night explaining what the hell happened. Exactly. Um, but no, I feel like it's just a number of ways that this can go. You know, it could be the fact that, you know, being that Selena's going to be carrying the baby, she may want to try to, like, she may want to calm down from her activities and try to raise the baby properly. And, you know, she may not want she may want to do it solo mm -hmm. just because she doesn't want the baby to grow up in the environment and, you know, have Bruce put that onto the baby, whether it be boy or girl. Um, or it, it could go where it's a happy family and, you know, Bruce and Selena decide to finally settle down and they're going to do their thing and they're going to raise the kid or, you know, we can go the dark and grim path where Selena doesn't want to keep the baby. Mm. That's I it. mean, she kind of dished him on the wedding. Yeah, she did. Let them hang in. Mm -hmm. It's not far-fetched for her to sit there and be like, yeah, I'm not ready to be a mom, so 
let's uh, settle back. But yo, she's big as a house in that picture. She's pretty. If she's, she's pretty, not far along, she's that then far I mean, along. you know, they could be going the route of, you know, having the kid and settling down, or she could just take the kid and run like Talia did with Damien. I, I'm gonna call this uh, if she does have the baby, it's her most precious diamond ever. That's a good yeah, one. That's the big one. I think that'll probably take her out of the hunt a little bit. But I also like the fact that they are having a child after the passing of Alfred during the City of Bane run. Oh, so I, now mm-hmm. here's my question for you. Okay. If it happens to be a boy, do you think they named the baby after Alfred? I think so. I think it's a great idea. I Alfred Pennyworth Wayne? Hmm. Or would it be Kyle? Mm. What last name does the baby get because they're not married? Exactly. They're not, what? See? Yeah, you're right. Technically, they are married. It, it, oh my God, Batman can't. Uh, you know what? Batman and love just don't mix. And I hopefully, hopefully, this time around, it does work out, and we get something. I also want to see how this birth affects Batman's world entirely. Not only does he have to deal with the fact that his his love of his life is having a child, the Bat family now has to be involved. I love. I would love to see a night where. Jason and Damien have to babysit. Well, <laughs> that would be a great thing. Or even uh, Uncle, Uncle Dick. And- Uncle, well, and when Dick gets his memory back and figures out who the hell he is, oh, that's and true becomes too. Nightwing again, or you know, Aunt Barbara, or Aunt Cassandra, or what about Jason? How does Jason factor into this? Jason, because could- Jason technically is still part of the Bat family. He is, but he's the wild child uncle. Oh, so he's like the ba- he's the black sheep of the family. Yeah, he's yeah he's, he's the, like the rogue uncle who just comes in and out whenever he feels like. And it. he's the cool uncle, so he gets yeah. away with a lot. He lets the kid he probably let the kid get away with a lot. So overall, I'm very excited. I can't wait to see what happens with this new Batman story. Batman seems to be involved in a lot. Not only does he have to deal with that, there's also the events of um. And I spoke about this last week. Death Metal. Mm-hmm. Batman is going to be involved in a lot of stuff. I don't even know if Batman's going to be able to focus on everything. He's part of the Justice League. He's got the Bat family. He's got he's got Gotham City to protect. He's got Selina to look after now. That changes his whole mindset. And you know, good brother, as a parent, as a parent, mm-hmm. your whole life completely changes when a baby is born. Absolutely. I mean, Boogie is... Buggy's gonna be nine in July. Jesus. And now it's with you know, with Emily, with Boo Boo. We, you know, she's she's only a year and a couple months, and ever since she's come in, it's been a huge 360. It's like going all the way back to the beginning. Right, starting to square one. Right. So a lot has changed in the sense of what I'm able to do and what I've been able to handle and you know, with Batman, Batman's got way more on his plate than I do as a normal person. He has psychopathic villains to worry about, including um, a clown prince of crime who will be making his return very soon. Oh, Lord. And a very big storyline that was recently announced by uh, Tomasi, who has said that there will be a big storyline that will be going on through the summer into, I believe, the winter or 2021. Wow. <laughs> Entitled Joker War. Ooh, okay. Now, yeah. is that a possibility that we may see that whole theory of there being more than one Joker? No. No. Okay. That's not it. That's going to be a separate Black Label story entitled Batman 3 Jokers that comes out also later this year. Um, 
Joker War, it has been very scarce on details. I have seen some of the solicitations. They're not ve- they're very vague and don't really give that much detail. But we also find out Joker has new main squeeze in his life. Oh, no more Harley. No more Harley, which is good for her. I'm glad. Yes, She absolutely. needs to do her own thing and be liberated. Mm-hmm. And her, uh, we get a little appearance of her, and I'm going to pick this issue up. It drops next week. Year of the Villain, Hell Arisen, where we get our first sighting of Punchline. That's her name. Mm-hmm. She's she is Joker's new uh new squeeze. We get a we get a little visual of her in Hell Arisen, and we will get a full mention and some little bit of a story with her in the next issue of Batman coming up in about maybe two weeks or so. That's great. That's awesome. It's gonna be interesting to see how that plays out too, because we all know that Joker doesn't seem to be the most stable per people. When it comes to a relationship, and he's definitely not the most caring individual or loving. From what I've seen from Punchline and how she looks, and I'm going to post these pictures of how she looks on our social media pages. Um, she looks like she's not taking any shit from him. Ooh, okay. That's so, a nice twist. So she might keep him in check a little bit. She might whoop that ass. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. But brother, we got to go uh, bake the donuts a little bit, you know, send off a little ad a little bit. Sounds pretty good. Sounds pretty good. So... Ladies and gents, um, we're gonna take a brief um, we're gonna take a brief break, and then once you listen to a couple of the ads, we'll be right back, and we're gonna get rolling into our next category, which we're gonna be talking about NXT Takeover Portland. Yes, sir. All right, so stay tuned. And we're back. Yep, and let's get right into it. Yes, indeed, we had a huge, huge NXT Takeover. On a Sunday, mind you, last week. Mm-hmm. It was good to see NXT on a Sunday. Without any uh, main roster pay-per-views. Not knocking the main roster. We're not going to do that tonight. We usually do when stupid things happen. <laughs> Becky Lynch getting bit in the neck by Shayna Baszler. Vampiro. Yeah. But, but, uh, Becky the Vampire Slayer. Mm. But we're not going to do that. We're not going to knock that. And it is what it is with the main roster. Take it or leave it. Um, but NXT, once again, TakeOver, a name that means a lot within the wrestling world. Yes. Showed out and had one of the best TakeOvers in a while. I can't honestly say that this was a TakeOver where I was disappointed with a match. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe a slight disappointment, but that was only because, let's face it, the first opening three matches were really fucking hard to beat. Yeah, they really were. Like, NXT was giving... I'll, I'll put it to you like this. NXT basically said, listen, we're not fucking around. We're coming out of the gate hard, heavy, and we're giving it to you raw. And not for nothing, match of the night was the very first match. I mm, I, I want to agree, but there's also a dark horse. There's a dark there was horse. a dark horse, but even with all of that, I don't, I didn't see a better match performed that night. I, I it was, it was really close. Mm-hmm. It was, it was damn close. Mm-hmm. And I could be jaded in what I'm saying. Yeah, I wonder why. You, you <laughs> shut your dirty poor mouth. <laughs> but the very first match was extremely hard to beat. Yeah, they went out there with the top that. And that's the one thing we discussed when we were watching TakeOver. We were like, yo, what, excuse my language, what fucking rest period? Because usually with WWE pay-per-views, there's a match where you can be like, you know what, this the, this the chill back chill. match. We don't have to really like pay that much attention. It, 
it's always been uh it's almost like a working formula for NXT. The first match on the takeover is usually it's fire, right? Mm-hmm, to kick off. To kick it off. You gotta get the you gotta get the crowd amped. You gotta get the pumped. Your second match was typically your cooldown match. I didn't see any cooldown moments because I was at the whole pay-per-view. You know what? Can we just get into the first match? Absolutely. All right. We started off with the North American title match between Dominic Dijakovic versus the current defending North American champion, Mr. Baskin, in his glory himself, the glorious one, Mr. Keith Lee. And that man is truly, truly limitless. Yes. I don't care if you call me a fanboy. You can kiss my ass for saying it. I didn't. I didn't it, say it. I wasn't going to say you it. Said it all week. Oh, there's other reasons for that though. <laughs> but I'll get to that later. Again, I have not seen. I'll put it to you guys this way: there has not yet been a match since Keith Lee has joined NXT that I have not sat there and have not been fully invested in. Every time that man steps into the ring, he is pulling off some outlandish, crazy shit that I've never seen someone at that size before do. And it just leaves you locked in. And it's like what Mark Henry said on backstage. Yes. He's making the big man thing a, a thing again. He's making it fun for big dudes to be watched. He said if you could take Yokozuna in his prime and Bam Bam Bigelow in his prime and combine them in one shot. You and got Keith. And I'd even add a little bit of Mark Henry because Mark Henry's done some shit. Yeah. Let's not knock him. I mean, I know he's not like a flippy guy or anything like that, but Mark Henry's strong as hell. And that that was the thing. Like, I, I watched the interview with Mark Henry and Keith Lee, the one-on-one, and seeing how much, how truly like awestruck someone of Mark Henry's caliber was interviewing Keith Lee, it literally left me speechless. You're talking about someone who's got the raw power of Yokozuna. Mm-hmm. And then someone who, in that time period, you never saw a big dude sit there and do a moonsault or do a flying headbutt or do you know a cartwheel in the ring. And that was Bam Bam. And that's why he said it was the perfect comparison. If you take those two wrestlers and you were to combine them together, you got Keith Lee. But even then, Keith Lee takes what those dudes did, what those wrestlers were able to perform and do, and he escalates it to a new level. And the one thing that Mark Henry said that I am, I I fully like back at a hundred percent. Keith Lee doesn't do one thing great; he does everything great. He does everything very well. As someone who is at three, like close to 350 pounds or maybe a little over, mm-hmm. for him to sit there and pull off a Spanish fly at the top rope, if you are not surprised or if you're not awestruck by that, fuck you. Because <laughs> that is just simply amazing to see someone at that at that weight and who is that athletic to pull off. You can't. You can't. Keith Lee is just one of those. Um, He's an enigma. He's, He's just a, he is an anomaly. He's, if this motherfucker was a super saiyan, he would be fucking brawly. I was going to say that. He's brawly. He's so brawly. There is no limit to this man's energy and his power. And that's not even knocking Dijakovic, man. Dijakovic he, did an amazing job. He's he's good, too. He's Those two have had amazing matches on the indie scene, uh, in, in Evolve, which this is where basically all kicked off for both of them. 
And he's not someone to be slept on because he's good too. And and you know what? I, I made a lot of jokes. I probably did a couple of jokes about Dijakovic in our previous episodes where I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, Ivan Drago got into the ring. And he's like, you know, well, if he dies, he dies. And I don't give a fuck. But you know what? I have to give it up to Dijakovic because he ate up Spirit Bomb. Ate it. Yo. Ate it. I was, we were watching together, right? <laughs> and I'm like, yo, Spirit Bomb, it's a wrap now. Nope. He, he took the Spirit Bomb, did a full, you know, did a did barrel a full roll, reversal did back. A reverse, like, did a barrel roll, got up and was like, yo, what up? <laughs> and Keith Lee just looked at him like, what? Bitch. Like, no, that's my move. Stay down. But there were so many great spots in this match, the Spanish fire, which I think uh, Dijakovic may have hurt himself a little bit too much. A little he might bit. have winded himself. He might have winded himself or hurt something because he yeah. looked like he couldn't move right after that. I don't think he landed it right. Yeah, it wasn't as crazy time. Keith kind of helped him out a little bit with that. Right. And that was the thing that I wanted to kind of bring up. We've seen both of them pull up the Spanish fly. Dijakovic was a little sloppy because he kind of angled a little bit more to the side. Mm -hmm. But whenever Keith Lee pulls it off, my man pulls off a fully perfect Spanish fly. He hit a Kuhn Karana to start the match off. (laughs) <laughs> Need I say more? Is there anything that this man cannot do? He can do so much. He's and it's so good. It is incredibly insane that he is able to do it at his at his weight and speed. He's he's what they used to call Bray Wyatt back in the day. Yeah, a Ferrari engine in a in a in a tank, pretty much. And that's what you get with Keith Lee, or he's it's a Corvette a- engine in the Civic. You had to go with logic on ridiculous. Listen, I'm Puerto Rican. I we got to bring up a Civic at some it. point. I do But, it. again, it's it's just insane to see someone of this caliber being able to pull this thing, pull these things off. And you know what? It's just he gives dudes who are big inspiration. And on top of his wrestling ability, the brother can sing, too. So I'm smooth. so mad about this. He's so smooth. He's smooth. He, he's just limitless. Um, he sweats smooth ass motherfucker. You know what? <laughs> you don't talk about him. You're meeting that man in a week. I know, and I'm super happy about this. I too. can't wait for that. I, I can't wait to get that picture of y'all together. I'm, I'm gonna be honest. I've been able to. I've I've been fortunate to meet, you know, Kenny Omega. I met the New Day. I've met Johnny. I met Johnny. I mean, hell, I met Jordan Grace. Mm-hmm. I met the beautiful Mia Yim, and. You know what? Ricochet. I, Ricochet. <laughs> Jesus, I almost forgot the you know the one and only. And you know what? I wasn't awestruck. I wasn't like at a loss for words. I truly feel like next week when we go to meet him, yeah. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to say anything. <laughs> you gotta get it all. And there's so much that I want to talk to him about. So basically, man, I may have to go first. You might. I just Are I don't you even, sure about that. I'm not even sure. Uh, but you know what? He was. It was a great match. Point blank. Period. He didn't win with the spear bomb. He won with the. And this is what Heck has told me. So I'm. I'm. I'm deep into the Dragon Ball Kakarot game. But it has a special name for that move. It, it's a jackhammer to me. It's it a is, spinning jackhammer. It's a spinning jackhammer. But he names. He dubs the move the Big Bang Catastrophe. Now, the spirit bomb is is named after Goku's move. 
from Dragon Ball. Which I do know that. Which you do know. Now, Big Bang Catastrophe is a variation, or it's a play on words of Vegeta's, one of Vegeta's special moves, which is called the Big Bang Attack. Mm -hmm. So, and again, this just, you know, he he knows how to pull me in because he tugs on my nerdy side at this point. He's tugging on the anime fanatic in me. Yeah, he, he got you to pop when, um, I remember the first time we saw that move, and <laughs> Your reaction was perfect. The spear bomb was the first thing that got you. He's like, yo, what did he call that? And I was like, yo, I forgot to tell you. Keith Lee is a big anime dude. And he made uh, one of my good friends, uh, Brother Doug, met him. And they had like a big conversation about anime. Mm -hmm. And uh, Phil met him too. And he had a conversation with him about anime. And they're basically talking about Dragon Ball and all this other stuff. And come to find out, he's a big nerd, man. And you marked out when you heard his spirit bomb. And you were like, oh, my new favorite wrestler now. Yep. And then, and then it's he, just... he debuted the Big Bang. And you were like, okay, that's it. Yeah, I'm it's sold. over. That's over. He's my favorite wrestler. He can do no wrong. No. And Keith Lee successfully got the win, defended his title. They had a moment of respect for each other. But Keith Lee is just on the freaking rise right now. I don't think at this point he he's on this... I don't even want to call it a steady rise. Mm. He is on this roller coaster that just seems to be going nowhere but up. Very true. And I feel like he is not a rising star. He is literally the man to look at no matter what brand you're watching. Whether it be Raw, SmackDown, or NXT. You cannot mention those three brands without ever thinking about Keith Lee. He was brought up on SmackDown. He Let's was not even forget Smackdown. the SmackDown. He held his own at the Rumble. Against Brock Lesnar. Yes. He held his own against Roman Reigns at Survivor Series. Exactly. He was in an amazing War Games match with other with, with seven other great people. And at one point, he just stole the whole thing. And he did. And that's why, you know what? Your love for Keith Lee as a fan has made me a bigger fan of him. And I liked Keith Lee. When he debuted, I was like, yo, this dude's good. Like, he's really good. He has gone beyond what I thought he could do. I don't even think there's a moment where you can honestly look at him and give him a ceiling for him to hit. Because no matter what type of limit or whatever type of you know obstacle you put in front of him, he has found a way to go and leap bounds over that limit. He's hit it. He's limitless. No, he doesn't hit the limit. He breaks through the limit. That's why he's limitless. Exactly. Well, as enough as both of us are fanboying over Keith Lee. Damn. Listen, man. I could talk about. I could literally have this conversation for hours. At I know this point. you could. I know you could. But we have to get into the match that I said and we talked about. Was we a, thought it was a cool down. We thought it was a cool down. Ah, oh, man, you know it's a cool match. I get it. It's going to be one of those matches where we get to sit down and it's just. All right, I don't have to pay that much close attention, but hell no. Nope. It was a women's match. No title yet. It was no title involved. It was basically a feud between former friends going at it, and I'm talking about Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai. My sleeper match of the night. My sleeper, my dark it horse. It was. And there was a couple spots in that match where I said, holy shit. Someone's going to die. Someone's going to die. The one move that started that off was 
when Dakota, when Tegan put Dakota in the garbage can and then mm-hmm. put it against the steps and did a cannonball into it. I'm like, why would you do that to yourself? I understand you're trying to send a message and you're trying to hurt the person. Message received Mess- and damn. Yeah, did you not? <laughs> they beat each other with chairs, trash cans. There was even a laptop at some point that came into play. I swear to God, I thought that was a laptop. I thought she meant to go for the belt. And a, and, and, and you know what? <laughs> Shout out to the Ninja Turtles. That's the only reason I knew what it was and I popped for it. And you were like, yo, for real? I was like, no, nah, man. Raphael brought it up. Casey Jones. A cricket bat. A cricket. They played cricket. 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 You gotta know what a crumpet is first before you can play cricket. <laughs> oh, my God. What cricket. a throwback. Cricket. I got to watch that movie again. First, but here was like the million-dollar question on my mind. Right. Where the fuck did they find a cricket bat? They're both from, uh, you know. No, no, no. We were in Portland. Where the hell did you find a cricket bat in Portland? Maybe Tegan had an extra one. I'm not messing with you right now. You never... I'm not... I am not messing with you right now. But you never... No, wait. She might have got... Maybe Tegan or Dakota. Dakota's from Australia. Okay, so she just magically carried a cricket bat with her? It's a weapon. How the fuck did you get that through airport security? I don't know. Listen, I got two baseball bats in my house. One aluminum, one wood. I hide That's them. That's because there's a Models five minutes from your house. Duh. You know what? Don't don't knock my house. <laughs> and even the Models is no fucking cricket bats. <laughs> I know. I wasn't looking for one. I think I gotta go to um that sporting. I might have to order it on yeah, Amazon. The I want dicks to see they got fucking cricket bats. I want one now. <laughs> cricket, cricket. I know what a crumpet is before you can play cricket. Oh, God, I'm going to watch that movie as soon as we're done. But again, an amazing match. Very good. It got a good amount of time. And we also saw the return of someone who interfered in the match, giving Dakota the win and choke slamming Tegan. And that's, I'm just. That spot was so bad. It was so scary because the table did not budge. And she hit her head. And she hit her head bad. Um, Ugh. Her name is Raquel Rod Raquel, what's it? Raquel Raquel Gonzalez. There you but go. I knew her as Raina Gonzalez. She was in the first two May Young class May Young classes. I mm-hmm. wish they would bring it back again. And then she was in the tag team with Rhea Ripley for a short time before Rhea went to NXT UK and became the first champ. But now she's back as Dakota's muscle, and now they are in a. Um, I always call this the cool when I see the big. The big tall person with the you know speedy short person. Oh, the the Diesel and Shawn Michaels. Michaels theory, yes. And it always seems to be fun for me. And now it's uh HB HB Dakota and uh Big Daddy <laughs> Big Daddy Raquel as a, a little unit. And the feud's not over yet because uh, if you watch NXT this week, there will be a cage match where. Raquel can't interfere, and it'll be Tegan versus Dakota. And they already have have an amazing street fight under their belt. What the hell are you two going to do in a cage next week? And I, at this point, I, I better see a cricket ball in there, too. Cricket? <laughs> I'm sorry. We, can't, we keep referencing the TF Turtles movie. Oh, God. I, I did feel like it was a little awkward, though, when, when she came out. Mm-hmm. It was almost like... Well, here comes a new challenger. And I'm like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah, I was like, wait, what the hell are you doing? I was like, where have you wait, been? First of all, who the hell are you? And second of all, what the hell are you doing at ringside? And then, 
excuse me, that Marl goes in, oh my God, it's, you know, yeah, Raquel. Um, it's Raquel, and then I'm going, oh, 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 shit, yeah, I remember her now, and then it's like, wait a minute, no, 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 don't, don't put her through the table, oh shit, you didn't put her through the table, but you fucked her up, mm-hmm. and then Dakota's kind of looking at her like, uh, okay, oh, uh, I guess, yeah, this works for me, that's why I was saying, it's kind of awkward, like, she got the assist without even wanting the assist. True, true. An amazing match. Loved it. Dark Horse match of the night. But let's get to the match where I felt, and you know I was saying this since last week when I recorded, and this week, oh, this is going to be match of the night. Mm-hmm. This is going to be great. It's going to be the best match on the card. And it was okay. That's what I mean by when we, when we first started talking about this, all of the matches were fire, but this one was the one that surprisingly didn't take match of the night for me. Mm-hmm. It was still a great match. Mm-hmm. But again, how how could you top the first match? And even though you would have damn near thought this would have did it, it did it. Guys, we are talking about Finn Balor. Versus Johnny Gargano. Now, this house was divided. Yeah. Not a huge divide. I'm talking about it was one person versus three. Yeah. And I'm taking, bo- I'm taking Boo Boo on my side yeah. with Buggy. Uh, already. Already. Cause team Johnny. <laughs> yeah, we were all Team Johnny. And to see how that match all played out, it was kind of like, uh, okay. <laughs> all right. So, we're not passing the torch over? Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? When it comes to that, when it comes to these two, you had such a great build. This match was originally supposed to happen at TakeOver War Games. But due to Johnny suffering an injury during a nasty 1916 on the... Um, Bloody Sunday. Bloody Sunday. <laughs> on the entrance ramp, this match was postponed. Johnny had to heal up. Finn went on to face Matt Riddle. Feud with Adam Cole. And eventually Johnny came back. Uh, there were great promos cut between the two. Johnny kind of was taking shots at him, saying, when you got called up, when you got the call to come up, you didn't stay, you bailed on NXT, and ran. And when you ran and left that NXT flag behind, I picked it up. And he did. Johnny was the man yeah. for a minute. The man. But coming back, and something happened later in the night, which we're going to talk about, I'm going to give you my full thought on why that happened because mm-hmm. it took me a while to process. I'm going to give you my little uh, kayfabe storyline reason of why it's happening. And then I'll give you my other reason of why I feel that this is just something for Johnny to do. Um, the match overall, hands down, fantastic mm-hmm. between the two. Yeah, the past of NXT and the present of NXT going head to head crushing it right there were some good spots johnny johnny does what johnny does gets hit with a massive amount of moves and suddenly develops his second third fourth fifth sixth wind Mm -hmm. and still could not overcome finn 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 does a disgusting shotgun dropkick to win the match and johnny takes the l Finn gets the win, and then Finn gets disgusting on him and starts doing the gut thing and smushing his face and grabbing him and pointing at him and everything. It was almost like when you get the kill cam in Call of Duty. Yeah. And then you decide to 
teabag the guy right after you win. And I felt like that's what Finn was doing. He was just like, yeah, that's right, motherfucker. I won. Teabag. Ho-ho. Kill Cam. Oh, God. <laughs> and I wanted to say that I, I, in my heart of hearts, I really wanted Johnny to pull the win. I did, too. But it wasn't surprising to see him take the L. I'm used to it at this point. It seems to be, even though we have, you know, the dubbed him Johnny Takeover, this is kind of like Johnny's recurring theme. Johnny gets into Takeover, comes out with fly gear, pulls the underdog move where he starts coming back, and then it's like a smack in the face. Yeah, you're not getting the win. Sadly, this is true. Rinse, wash, repeat. Or wash, wash, repeat. I'm sorry. I mean, I'm kind of tired of it. Mm-hmm. And I I know it's all in the chase and it's storyline building and everything else, but damn it, does it have to be at every takeover? Yeah. At this point, he is the Shawn Michaels of NXT. Well, Shawn got some big wins under his belt, though. Johnny has maybe, what, two or three big wins the, mm-hmm. and the rest of them are losses? True. It's the same thing with Sean. Sean goes into Mania and puts on what is dubbed the match of the night, but he loses. Absolutely. I think on one hand you can count how many times Sean had a big win. At Mania, his record's not that good. It's like, wow, single-digit wins. Right. I mean, at one point he got the he got the world title. There was an intercontinental belt he won. You know, I mean, there was a send off of Rick, and even that match you didn't want him to kind of win because it was then the end of the Nature Boy. Yeah. And and all of that, you know, it's just it sucks to see Johnny fall into that category. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, for him to mimic kind of what Shawn Michaels was in the sense of like the wins to loss ratio, it just goes to prove to you how over Johnny is in the sense of yes, he could take that L, but the fans are still going to be there to be behind him. I, I feel it. I honestly want to disagree with you a little bit. It feels like the fans haven't been with him all the way. Um, I don't know if you've noticed, but I've noticed with his return after the head, head injury, mm-hmm. the fans are starting to Starting to waver. Pull off on him a little bit. And Johnny's not getting the major reaction he got when he was going after the NAC title the first time against the end. And when he when he was feuding with Ciampa, he was he was he was over as over like Rover. And it's like after he dropped the NXT to Cole, <laughs> it's like the fans started to shift on him a little bit, starting to teeter on him. But it was the same thing with Sean at one point. You know, the fans were always behind him, and then the fans start to waver a little bit, and then they come back. Mm-hmm. And again, it's that recurring theme. It's that, you know, wash, rinse, repeat. Mm-hmm. It's not saying that the fans won't always be there to be behind him, but at some point, you got to give the fans something. You do. And they. I think with what happened later in the night, we definitely got it. Um, Moving on to the next match in the card, we then had... 
<laughs> Rhea Ripley, who we will be meeting at Evolve next week as well. Yeah, yeah. Defending the title against Bianca Belair. And boy, I tell you, I tell you, I tell you, I tell you, I was not the biggest Bianca Belair fan. And I will go on record saying I'm not. But she has won me over so much. And as of late, especially she makes her own gear. She's had a phenomenal end of 2019 into 2020. Right. She ha- she showed out at War Games. She has the elimination record at the Women's Royal Rumble. She's current. She was she was currently the NXT Women's Championship number one contender. Bianca was coming off strong. She's hit some with some lines lately too because her promo work has. As good as it was, it's only gotten better to the point where I have said that to people when something happens at work. And I'm a teacher. I pull this line out. Yeah. They'll say something. They'll come in the room and talk about something like, you don't even go here. <laughs> You're over there. Uh-uh. uh-uh. The mean girls. Yeah. Uh-uh. You don't even go here. But Bianca Belair showed out. The fans were kind of like, I think they were torn. They were torn a little bit. They were a little bit more on the on the Bianca side. Now we love Rhea. We all do. She has come out of being one of the, uh, and they called her this because it's, it's kind of going to play into a little bit a Charlotte, Charlotte uh, Diet Charlotte when she first debuted and then developed this whole tough gimmick and mm-hmm. the nightmare thing and it's working for her. But she went up against Bianca, who since. The Combine has shown about, yo, she's raw talent. And to piggyback, we should have noticed it in the first two Mae Young Classics. There is a story with Bianca that we're just starting to see. And I'm going to take what I said again. It's all about the chase and the long part of the story. You you, you, you got to pay attention to even the littlest details of a story. And it all adds up. Then, like, ah, I get where this is going. And even in a loss, she showed out and got the win. Yeah, I mean, she got the win, winning the crowd, winning the crowd. She won everybody over again. And I just see something after what happened in that match. The uh, aftermath of it. Okay. Um, Charlotte comes out, interferes. Basically lays the law, attacks Rhea, says, I'll see you at WrestleMania. Then goes and attacks Bianca. You didn't have to. You didn't have to. You should have just knocked Rhea out and said what you said. And kept it going. And kept it going. But now you're giving me the idea that that Bianca's going to play another role in this. Bianca's not going to be a side character in this story. She won't. She won't be a side character, and I feel like it's going to be something for for a lot of us to keep an eye on. Mm-hmm. Because just with what has been going on shortly between them three, it's going to boil down to something big between Bianca and Charlotte. Yep. And like Bianca said, uh, she got, she'll come looking for her. She interrupted a match midway. It just said, oh, this is cute. This is like crazy what you're doing. But listen, Charlotte. I'm going to come and whoop your ass mm-hmm. I'm gonna, if I got to come down there or you got to come over here. One way or another, me and you going to link up and, and handle some a, business. And it's going to be an awesome match. Yes, yes. 
like I was saying, man, you gotta let Bianca be a part of this match. I see it. I see it on the wall. Bianca will be part of this match at Mania. You think it'll be a triple threat? Yep. And she pins Charlotte, mm-hmm. leaving Rhea, leaving Rhea strong. Yep. And pin she gets the belt. Yep. Because Charlotte, as much as we knock her for certain things, and we say, "Oh, she's booked too strong," and she won't take an L. Ashley Flair has a wrestling mind. The outside person has a wrestling mind. And she sees what Bianca can do in that ring. And she knows. I'd say give Bianca the NXT title. She's due. She's due. And you can keep Rhea strong. And if you don't want to call her up to the main roster, you don't have to. You can continue the feud between her and Rhea and say, yo, I got something you had. Mm-hmm. I would love to see Bianca with that belt and just run with it, taking out bodies on the path. Yeah. So why not? I why think not? it can happen. I just I, I want to see if they do decide to give her the title, that they give her a decent run. Yeah, a decent run. And how Rhea doesn't have to stay there. She can always go back to um, NXT UK. She could or go to SmackDown and help because, you know, I'm not knocking the women's roster, man. The women's main roster. I am. But I'm not. Okay, I'm not. I'm not bad mouthing it how you would. All I'm going to say is, it's been, Jesus. <laughs> in a nice way. Can I please say this without being nice? What dealing the blessing and the exorcism? Hector, be nice. What I'm trying to say is the power of Christ compels them. Jesus Christ. <laughs> This guy, your birth, yo, since your birthday, this Spanish God thing has gone to your head and this ego, you do not know how this man's ego has grown. He's absorbed some of Keith Lee's limitlessness and just exuded it now. And you guys are hearing it on the mic right now. No I, BS. I, I want to think that I've taken a little bit of Tamatanga's King Pettiness. No, no F's given. No F's given and combined it with the limitless. Which of I, Keith Lee. Yeah, man. I, I know. To form, at, to form this <laughs> Prince Devitt alter ego of the Spanish God. Yes, the Spanish God. I dubbed you that, too. My yes. Um, But like I said, maybe Rhea could uh, help out the rosters because the women's main roster, and I know I said I'm going to do a little bit of NXT talk, but I also want to do a little bit of women's wrestling talk. The main roster, when it comes to the women, has been lackluster at best. Becky has had an amazing run, but she needs more competitors. Bailey is, even with the change in her, you have oh the I want to speak to I want to speak to a manager haircut. Yes, her Karen haircut, which I like, and it's starting to grow into her now. It's like I remember when AJ first came in and we made fun of his hair. Oh, with the soccer mom cut, soccer mom cut, and now it's growing into some flowy, luxurious locks. Yeah, this is what I, Bailey's hair starting to grow in, and it's looking better. It's looking better. Yeah, AJ's got the chest of hair, and, you know, Bailey's starting to graduate from the Karen, I want to speak to a manager, to the uh, <laughs> soccer mom stopping off at the local Starbucks. Prince Valiant. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. It's fine. I get it. But you know what it is? As, as, as political and as PG as you're trying to be about it, let's face facts for what facts are. The women's roster completely sucks at this point. Creative is not using the rest of the women to their full potential. Mm-hmm. And you're leaving a lot of very talented superstars in the back. 
with nothing to do. Dana Brooke. It's oh my god, she's my number one pick. Dana Brooke is a phenomenal athlete. And she's improved so much over such a little time. There's so much you can do with the majority of the women out there that are in the back that it is insane that you don't have more of them coming to the forefront to bring more to the table. The only person that you need to leave back there and let her be the shoulder piece or the, the side candy is fucking Lana. Mm-hmm. Because as much as Lana's tried, she just sucks in a ring. She's not that great. She's not what she could be or what she... Some people don't got it. Like, some people don't have that's, to admit. That's perfectly fine. Like, yo, you could be a great manager. Miss Elizabeth, I barely remember her wrestling or even having some physical activity in the ring. But, but she was an awesome manager. And she went down as one of the greatest managers of all time. Who I would want to see be more active instead of just in rumbles or in eliminations is Zelina Vega. She she can go. Of course she can. That woman is amazing. I have have you seen her training videos with her and Alistair? Yes. I swear to God, if you were to put her in the ring with Sonya Deville, it would be one knockout of a match. It'd be good. I would love to see that match. Um, who else on that on that women's right? Well, Naomi's getting her push now. I'm very happy for her. Carmella has shit. Let me give Carmella her credit. She's greatly improved really, immensely, immensely to where every day you're like, "Yo, Mella's getting good, like really good." Yo, like, let's, I see what she's doing. And you know what? I love the fact that Liv has her own storyline going on. Mm-hmm. Even though it's... Oh, with uh, with Ruby now. Yeah. It's I love that she's got her own storyline going on. Who because also you know needs a run. Yeah, she needs a run too because Liv is great. Liv is a great wrestler. She's she showing off now. Yeah, absolutely. I thought when she was part of the Riot Squad that she had some amazing moves. Mm-hmm. She had a great move set. The only person who didn't kind of like, you know, wow me was Sarah Logan. Looking and like that's, an extra out of zombies, too. And that's not knocking her. She's got talent, too. It's just that she, she's not she used. She does. She's not being used properly. And, I mean, you know, nothing taken away from, you know, what her husband and, the you know, the Viking Raiders and their whole thing is. But she's kind of adopted kind of some of the costume mm-hmm. flow that they have. And, I mean, you know, not for nothing. She looks like she's an extra out of Disney's Zombies 2. You know, like she's a damn werewolf. She could be on. I, I said that she should be their manager. If you really want to use Sarah Logan, you right, could. She could be the physical presence you have with the War, war with the war Raiders as um, Viking Raiders. Jesus. Just call them that, War Raiders. As a presence, like a China type. Yeah, you, you could. could. And she could wrestle too. Sarah Logan can go, Ruby Riot can go. You got so much women's talent, they can all go. Let them rock. That's why I hate to say it. You're, we're suffering from, and shout out to the good brother, the Silver Sight, hashtag four horsewoman fatigue. Yeah. You can't rely. I know on all these four women are so talented, so talented, but you are running and beating a dead horse, no pun intended, into the ground. And when these girls eventually get tired of wrestling or want to go into another level, you're not going to know what to do. You haven't built other credible stars. It was the same thing with the Ronda situation when she was there. Mm -hmm. You guys brought her in. You fed her every single wrestler and had her body them. And then when Ronda was saying, I'm going to take time out to go and try to be a mom. You basically just shit the bed with the women's, the, you know, with the women. Mm-hmm. And that sucks. 
And it's not fair to them. It's not. And you stole a moment from Oscar. Yep. Speaking of Oscar, isn't she women's tag team champions with um, Kyrie Zane? Yep. I rest my case. The women's tag team titles. Something I was very excited for. And you know what? Bringing up tag teams. Mm-hmm. Where the hell is Peyton and Billy Kay? Because as annoying as their voices can be, they can both go. They can both go. Peyton more than Billy. I agree. But again. Okay, Sarah, Sarah. But enough of the women's roster rant, the women's wrestling roster rant. Back to NXT TakeOver, and we're going to talk about the NXT Tag Team Championship match between the Bro-Zerweights and the Undisputed Era, a.k.a. Red Dragon. Just going on record, I called it. He did. I called it. Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly, a.k.a. Red How Dragon. much fish can Bobby like, Fish fry? Bobby, Bobby Fish could fry fish. fish. Uh. And they wore the shirts, too, which made it even worse. <laughs> which made it even funny. I was like, oh, man, if heck, heck could see this, he would rock this shirt. And you, I was like, yo, it's available on WWE Shop, I believe. I think it is. I want to see if they're going to do the Matt Riddle one. How many McGriddles can Matt Riddle how many McGriddles can Matt Riddle griddle if Matt Riddle could if Matt Riddle could griddle McGriddles? That's more of a tongue tie than and the Bobby a, Fish. And that's one. a McDonald's sponsorship, but you know what? It could happen. It could happen. But again, a tag team that we didn't want or think would work, or just like you threw them together just to throw them together. It's not going to be. Anything special. It's not going to stick. It's not going to stick. And, and it's sticking and being one of the best things NXT has to offer. I think it's because they're such polar opposites. Mm-hmm. It works so well. And our couple tag team. Yep. Uh, he's the straight man to uh, Matt Riddle's uh, funny guy. Yeah. It's like if you took um, Seth It's Ro- the bad boys formula. But Will Smith is funny uh, too. And if you look at it this way, bad boys won. Mm-hmm. Will Smith was to play the more serious role mm-hmm. as opposed to Martin's funny role, which did happen. Marcus and Mike. Yep. Okay. So Will, so basically he done as Mike and oh, okay. Matt Riddle right. was Mark, Will Smith. Will Smith. I mean, no, Matt Riddle, Matt Riddle is Martin mm-hmm. and Pete Dunn is Will, Will Smith. Smith. Okay. All right. I see it works. And the whole thing with that match Red Dragon's always going to deliver. Kyle and Bobby always deliver. I have loved that Bobby has gone with the Silver Fox look now. And just saying, you know what? No more hair dye. Let it go. Silver Fox Bobby. Hashtag Silver Fox Bobby. He got the George Clooney thing going. Yes, and it works, man. He gave up the dime. I'm so happy for him. Yeah, now he doesn't look like the dad trying to be cool getting into the club. <laughs> with his Wrangler jeans. And fanny pack. And his dumb fanny pack, which Carb gets mad at us every time we bring it up. Like, yo, you wore a fanny pack during the Pro Bowl. You're a G. I bet you had sandals on, too. <laughs> he, he had on the Spartan sandals with the toe strap. He probably did. <laughs> he, yo, I bet you I bet you, Bobby Fisk could kill it on the grill. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I bet you anything he could grill a mean-ass steak. Word up, man. He probably makes, like... Like he makes fish steaks too, Bobby Fish steaks. Oh, that's a sponsor. Oh, that's a... and Bobby Fish made fish steaks. That would be so awesome. Man, I don't know. We're not loopy, guys. We're not loopy. We're just having fun. We're talking yes. about. We're talking about this tag match. 
Broserweeds get the win in a great match. I'm very surprised. I picked the Undisputed Era. I said they weren't going to drop the belts. They would end up dropping them to a tag team that we haven't heard anything from in a while, and I hope they get back together eventually. Time splitters. Um, <laughs> in an amazing match. And let's talk about the main event. I've, I wasn't wild with it. It was it was a good match. It was a great match between you know Tommaso Ciampa and and Adam Cole. Hey, it was hey. it was great. It was missing something. Mm. To me, it felt like it was missing something a little bit. It was it was great from beginning to end, but. It, it was that oomph. It was that oomph that was missing, and I felt like the first two matches stole that oomph from the main event. And usually that doesn't happen. It never happens. With the main event. It happens very rarely. I've only seen that happen with one takeover main event, and I was actually there for it, between Bobby Roode and um, Drew McIntyre and TakeOver Brooklyn. Eh, it's okay match. Yeah. It, took, it was the after. It, oh, my God. It's the aftermath effect. What happened after the match is what made it so interesting. Um, there was a six spot scared me a little bit, especially for Ciampa when uh, he did when uh, Bobby when Bobby Wow I'm gonna run through all the the whole group to get to Adam Cole. Yeah, Adam Cole did that uh, suplex and and he hit the table. All the. Um- Panama Sunrise. No, not that one. The one where he got tossed into the table and hit neck first. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That spot scared the shit out of me. I'm like, yo, why would you even allow that? But what about the Panama Sunrise on the outside of the apron? That was very well protected. But that scared the shit out of me, too, because I was like, yo, that's just insane. Yeah, like, why would you take that risk? How many Panama Sunrises did he pull off in that match? I think, like, three. I think that was like it was like three or four, and then I was like, by the time I saw the third one happen, I was going, "I'm yeah. like, yo, someone needs to check his neck." Yeah, check him out, check his neck. And okay, so to get to the meat of the match, the uh, the right. what? Okay, undisputed era comes out after a ref bump. Ref bump. Champa's got it in hand. He disposes of the era. Crowd gets hyped. We're trying to figure out why. Johnny's there in a DIY t-shirt. Yep. Champa's grabbing the belt that Adam Cole was going to hit him with. And Johnny stops him. Champa looks at Johnny. Johnny's like, nah, man, not like that. Let's the belt go. Pow. Hits Johnny him. hits him with the belt. Right in the kisser. Right in the mouth. Adam Cole looks at Johnny with the title and goes, Huh? <laughs> okay. Exactly. One, two, three. Adam Cole retains, leaving us with Johnny Gargano turning heel. Can I give my full thoughts on why I feel this happened? Absolutely. Storyline wise, I will go with it like this. <laughs> it was a thing I had to explain to Boogie Styles, who was in pure shock that her hero, her favorite person in wrestling, the man who could do no wrong. Who could do no wrong to her. Went rogue and turned on his best friend. I'm going to call it. Um, remember that Denzel movie where he was like, I think he was like a prosecutor 
or like some type of he he was a lawyer or something like that and he had somebody go on trial and ended up getting electrocuted and died and then the spirit, high velocity no 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 falling or something like that oh, and the dude's okay. body his spirit traveled from person mm-hmm. to person I'm gonna call it the transference of the fiend whoever the fiend interacts with it's like a disease. Right. And you know I'm a big comic book geek and all that. I'm going with it's the disease of the fiend. It's so because the fiend had fought Finn. Was he, he was the first person he went after. And he reverted him back to his prince form. Mm-hmm. And now Finn fought Johnny. Johnny is now going heel. Johnny evil. Johnny evil. Johnny heel. Okay. That's my little storyline Thought process. Thought process. But I also would think that you have to bring this story full circle. We never got the final match between Johnny and Johnny and Ciampa. We were uh it was taken away from us due to a neck injury. Right. Um that kept Ciampa out longer than short in a shorter time than we thought. Um he missed takeover where Johnny was going to beat him and eventually become champion. Um but now like I said, Johnny's injury and him coming back to NXT with a whole bunch of new faces put in positions has made Johnny Johnny not so over, Johnny not so Mr. Takeover, Johnny not the guy anymore. Johnny has become something where it's like Daniel Bryan. When he came back, we were all happy, we were all with it, we were all excited. Then we're just like, okay, Daniel Bryan's here. Cool. All right. Moving on. Next thing. You had to give Johnny something to do, and a change for Johnny is better. This is something that's going to move him into a better direction. He's going to be the most hated man in wrestling because he took something from his best friend His at a time where John, where Ciampa came back from a neck injury and tried to win the title, which he had it. In his palm, it was so close right. to be pulled away from him. So, in the long run, this is going to eventually lead to Johnny becoming the most hated man in NXT, and it's going to be a fun watch to see the roles reversed. It's going to be interesting to say the least, and I feel like this would be—it's going to be good for him in the sense of him being to be able to be versatile and what role he plays mm-hmm. and maybe at their final match, we'll get the final send off for John to go to the main roster. The only thing that scares me about that is when he, de- when they do decide to have that match and they're going to call it quits or they're going to say the goodbyes. Mm-hmm. What do you have for him on the main roster? Is he, he he's going to be lost in the sauce. Like, there's not going to be much for him to do. I have that fear, too. I have that massive fear that if you if they have this match and Johnny does lose, that Johnny, when he goes to the main roster, you're not going to have anything for him. It's going to be Ricochet all over again, where he's now just getting into the title picture, a major title picture. The Drew McIntyre thing. The Samoa yeah. Joe thing. The the Braun Strowman thing. It's just why? What are you gonna do? I hope it doesn't happen, but 
in in my heart of hearts and watching wrestling for so long, we I know it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen, man. But heck, and that's what I don't want for him. I have something to ask you. Yes. All right. Before we close the show, I wanted your thoughts because mm-hmm. it's come out this week. Actually, the day we're recording this, um, new leaked set photos of the bat suit have hit the interwebs. Some yep. pages have been uh, told they better take it down. Hopefully, it doesn't happen to us. Hopefully, um, knock hopefully, on wood. Knock on wood. What do you think? And I gave my opinion on it last week. Mm-hmm. What do you think of the bat suit overall? Give me your honest feedback. I gave mine. This is your time to run with it. Knock it out, brother. My honest feedback is I love the way the suit looks. It's very reminiscent of the Rocksteady Arkham Arkham Asylum, Arkham Knight gear. Definitely get those vibes. Um, I'm not liking the no chin strap. The You know how sometimes on the cowl he does get that covering? Mm-hmm. And you kind of see that covering a lot more now, like especially like with the animated movies, mm-hmm. how the chin is somewhat protected. Right. I'm not kind of feeling that it's not there, that it's kind of absent. But I mean, overall, I do love the suit. What I'm not liking is how a lot of people are going online saying, oh, this looks like a Daredevil costume. Oh, this kind of looks funny. I hope those aren't, you know, magazine, you know, holsters for his belt because he doesn't use guns. No shit, Sherlock. We do realize that Batman doesn't use gun unless you're fucking Thomas Wayne in the alternate parallel timeline. Mm-hmm. But Or Ben Affleck's Batman. <laughs> or you're Ben Affleck's Batman in that nightmare scene. But let's just face it. This is a new direction for Batman in the sense of the movie, the movie roles. Matt Reeves is already showing us that he has a clear understanding of where he wants to go with the suit and what kind of storyline he's looking to run with. I'm in love with the suit. I love the fact that they did that little play within the Bat Emblem mm-hmm. where they took Joe Chill's gun and he scrapped it down to form the, the Bat Emblem. I like that. It's so much detail that you're throwing into this. And when you see him on the when you see him on the bike, mm-hmm. It clearly is not Robert Pattinson. That's, that looks like a stunt guy. But there's so many intricacies in the suit. Like, on his gauntlets, it looks like those are arrows or they're, like, some form of dart that he's going to use to either A, tranquilize, or B, like, stun the guy. Or, hell, they could even be gauntlet gauntlet part, and he could just... Right. He could start web-slinging all over the place. And I'm <laughs> saying web webslinging, I'm going to flip out. You know... It, <laughs> Instead of having the grappling gun, he may have it built into the gauntlet. Mm-hmm. The suit, though, kind of gives me a vibe of not only Arkham Knight, but if you look at the shoulder pads to it, it's almost like a Batman Ninja look. Ooh. I didn't see that. If you look at the shoulder pads, they're okay. plated where they come down in, like, layers. I'm going to look at it right now. Keep and talking, brother. I'm sitting here going, holy shit, like, this is kind of a, a Batman Ninja feel vibe to it. So, like, you have a lot of things that are kind of playing into the suit, and I'm loving it. One small thing, I don't know if it's a big deal, but, you know, his eyes are kind of, instead of just being open, mm-hmm. you can see that there's some type of clear bubble plastic that covers the eyes. 
Right. The eye holes that I, he has there. I think I think we're getting the white eyes with that suit. So it's either it's a white eye look that we're going to be getting, or this is a cowl that he uses for when he's riding the motorcycle, or it's some type of like three D like you know, oracles trying to transmit shit to the lens. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it could be, but I believe that's where some people were getting the whole Deadpool, not Deadpool, um, Daredevil. Like cowl like feel to right, it. Right, right. I mean, other than that, it's not bad. And I and I know some people complain about where is the cape? This cape is gonna be CG again. Of you course it is. CG cape. You know damn well he can't pull half that stuff off with that cape on. No stunt man can. No stunt man can. They're gonna CG the hell out of that cape, and it's gonna look good. Affleck did it. Affleck did it. Affleck only wore cape for close-up, non-action stuff. Exactly. But when he was fighting Superman in the movie, it was CGI to death. Hell yeah, it was. And I'm also getting this vibe. If you look real close at the suit, I'm getting some zero-year vibes off of it. Yeah, zero-year vibes. But then again, like I was telling you, if you look here... On the shoulder pads mm-hmm. coming down the actual top of the arm, it's plated like it was in um, Batman Ninja when he's donning the samurai armor. Mm-hmm. It's plated there, and even his gauntlets, even though we see that those attachments that are on the gauntlets, they're you know some type of weapon. Mm-hmm. But if you remember back to Batman Ninja, the rivets that he has on those gauntlets there, they're kind of reminiscent to that as well. I just it just hit me. It just hit me. I think those little gauntlets on the side, the little things, are a part of the CGI. So what if Batman has to jump off the bike, right? Uh-huh. And the bike needs to go and he needs to fly away or fly up. And it and pops I- out and he goes duh, 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 and flies back. Right. Batman has that. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't he have that now? And this is a young Batman. I get it. I totally get it. But give it a chance. I'm going to keep saying that until we get a trailer and we see the movie. Right. Give this a chance, man. Stop going into hate so quick. And the thing is, we have so many people who have already been casted for this film. It's going to be interesting to see what storyline exactly you're going to play out. Mm -hmm. And the first thing I told you once we got that test footage of Robert Pattinson in the suit, mm-hmm. I said, holy shit, we're getting Arkham Asylum. We could be, with a mix of some other ones. Like, some people are seeing little details from certain set photos and saying, oh, this is Long Halloween. Oh, this is from Arkham World. We Let's just let's just play it out. Let's just yeah. play it out. Let's see what happens. Let's Can't. give Matt Reeves the benefit of the doubt. Let's see what Robert Pattinson can do. Hell, we haven't even seen the rest of the cast except maybe... Um, Who's playing Penguin again? Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell. That's the only person we've seen besides him and Robert Pattinson. Yep. Legit. Those are the only two people we've seen. So like I said on that note, I'm going to end it like this. Give the movie a chance. Go see it. I can't wait till 2021. I can't wait till we get more stuff. I can't wait till we get an Honest to God trailer for this. Yes, yes. And I think we'll get one Comic-Con weekend. Comic-Con weekend, we will definitely get one. Oh, NYC Comic-Con? Yes. No, not even NYC, San, San Diego. Diego. We'll get a like a mini teaser trailer or something. It'll be good. It'll definitely be it's good. It's gonna brother. be good. So, yes, I wanted to 
end this show on a good note. Yes. And I want to say happy birthday once again, good brother. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, one half of the crew. Without you, I wouldn't know what I'd do. He's like the big brother who protects me from everything. I try. You try. You try. Um, once again, guys, you can follow us on all social media. Big Heck and Wade Adventures on Twitter. On Twitter, Big Heck ADV. No, Big Heck ADV, ADV on Twitter. Twitter. Big Heck Wade Adventures on, on Instagram. Instagram. We have a Facebook page. Follow the Fourth Wall. Check out their show on Sundays. Check us out on Saturday on the Fourth Wall Pop Network feed. Hashtag Make It Pop. Yes, sir. Anything else, good brother? Only thing I want to say is thank you guys for taking the time out to listen. And with that, let us leave you with this. We're going to give you a piece, a, a salute, salute, and we're, we're out. out. Later.